Hello! Welcome to the Zachariah Show. In this episode, I'll be reviewing Christopher Nolan's fourth film, Batman Begins. This is the big one. This film made Nolan the A-lister that he is today, and is very underappreciated in that regard. Yes, The Dark Knight does blow this movie out of the water in comparison, but as a first movie in a trilogy, this film is amazing. This film is also extremely influential. I do not think we'll ever have a dark and realistic Spider-Man and Superman remakes if it was not for this movie. This film is also the first of Nolan's films to be rated PG-13, which is a rating that stays with him for the rest of his career. Now, this film's story is very excellent, and making fear be the main theme of the movie really shows that Nolan understands the character and what Batman at its core is all about. I'll I'll talk about that in more detail, but talk about it in more detail in the spoiler discussion since there's a lot to unpack. So I'll kind of move on to the acting. So the performances in this movie are great. Christian Bale plays a wonderful Batman, while Michael Caine effortlessly does an excellent job as Alfred. And Liam Neeson brings his A-game, and it sells at bringing his character, Henry Ducard, to life on screen. I even found Katie Holmes as Rachel to be very excellent, despite some viewers criticizing her performance as being lackluster compared to her co-stars. And G- Gary Oldman as Jim Gordon is often over looked over in terms of his of his performance, not only in this movie but in the trilogy as a whole, which is unfortunate since he's really good at portraying the character. This film's soundtrack is also incredible and is extremely iconic. Hans Zimmer does a very excellent job creating these fabulous and magnificent pieces of music. And I can see why Nolan chose to work with him throughout the rest of his career. The film is very well shot in na- and Nolan's now fully involved, involved signature style. However, the film's action scenes are left with some very poor editing. Since Nolan wanted a specific effect during the scenes, we can barely see what was going on. Similar to how the guys Batman is fighting can barely see what Batman is doing. But it just doesn't work, and robs the audience of an engaging fight scene that not only serves the story, but is also awesome to watch. The audience needs to see the impact of the punch to really sell that the fight is actually happening. But without that impact shown to the audience, it really feels lifeless. But regardless of the bad editing during the action scenes, they are still entertaining to watch. Since you are invested in what is going on, since the characters are extremely entertaining and well written. I'd like to go in more in detail on the characters and the overall theme of the movie. So I'll be spoiling, spoiling, getting your spoilers. So I recommend that you watch it first before you listen to the rest of this podcast.
people who don't want spoilers are good. I should go into more detail why the theme of fears can fade perfectly. So all of the characters' actions are tied to this theme, which really aids in the brilliance of this story. With the protagonist and the various antagonists using fear in various ways to achieve their objective. So Batman uses fear to fight criminals in Gotham as a way of bringing justice to the city. Scarecrow uses it as a way of aiding his objective to hold the city ransom. Carmine uses it so he can remain the top dog in Gotham, while Razar Ghoul uses it to bring justice to Gotham as well as Batman. However, what makes, makes Razar Ghoul separate from Batman is how they use fear. So Batman uses the fear of getting caught and captured to keep criminals in line. While Razar Ghoul uses the penalty of death. What is highlighted in this conflict is that Batman sees what Raz is doing as stooping as low as his enemies, while Raz sees Batman as someone who sees someone as weak and refuses to help preserve justice. So this gives the audience a very compelling conflict to watch, since we're not only watching these two great keepers of, law, of the law battle each other physically, but ideologically as well, which keeps us engaged with this conflict. So this movie also accomplishes a huge achievement in having multiple villains interact in the story and have it still be good, since in most movies having multiple villains usually kills the enjoyment of the film, since the writer has to try their best to cram them in so that they can get the necessary screen time to develop their background and try to give them all a plausible motivation to work together to take down the hero. A good example of this being done poorly is in Spider-Man 3, when Sandman is trying to provide money to cure his daughter's illness through the use of theft. So Venom wants revenge on Spider-Man for putting him out of a job, and Hobgoblin wants to avenge his father's death. And other than Venom, none of their actions tie in with the narrative being Peter Parker's ego being large due to his success as Spider-Man, and is beginning to reveal his dark side, which hurts his friends and family, leaving Sandman and Hobgoblin feeling like henchmen and not the actual main antagonists that they're supposed to be. But in Batman Begins, Nolan manages to tie in all of the villains very well. Ra's al Ghul was a man whose family was taken away by him from criminals, so he starts the League of Shadows to destroy civilizations that are full of criminals. Scarecrow is a doctor who works with Falcone so that he can use his crew to place his fear toxins in the water supply so that it will become poisoned and he can use it as an opportunity to hold the entire city ransom. And Carmine Falcone wants to maintain his position as Gotham's top crime boss so he aids Scarecrow in achieving this. So then Nolan tricks us to believe that Razogul died in the fire back at the dojo. And then when Bruce Wayne comes back to Gotham and faces with Carmine Falcone, who gets beaten by Batman and gets arrested in a position of Scarecrow's fear toxin. This leads to Batman fighting Scarecrow. Then he learns that Razogul is alive, and he was working with Scarecrow not to hold the city ransom, but to destroy Gotham, because its time has come for its collapse due to the massive wave of crime in the area. So overall, the film is excellent, and I consider it to be one of Nolan's stronger movies in his filmography. And that concludes the episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you next time where I'll be reviewing Nolan's fifth film, The Prestige.